we are doing. Yeah. Podcast. 39 or 38? Yeah. 39. 39. Wow, we just we're, we're about ready to turn 40. Yeah, yeah. And this is our new quick introductions. We're awful on introductions. Um, across the table is... I'm Mick. You are. Mark. I am Dave. And our special guest is... Jason Parks. <laughs> this, this, this is, is like awful. Meet, meet the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we have well, they were much more exciting. If you guys were a little older, you'd know we'd say Annette and yes. <laughs> Todd. Yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse that's right. Club. Do you know that? Same thing. No. You know? Mickey oh, Mouse Club. Sadly, yeah. I, I, I do know the Mickey Mouse Club. I mean, isn't yeah, that where yeah, Britney yeah. Spears came out of? Yeah. I think, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast just ended. <laughs> so, so Mark wanted... We're on to podcast 40 now. Mark wanted us to do... Mm-hmm. A disclaimer, but that was much too formal. So we will say that Jason is with what company are you with? Rotu Entertainment and Media. Oh, uh, which we call Rotu. Rotu. How do you exactly. spell Rotu? R O T U. And what was the derivation of the term of the word Rotu? Oh, rhythm of the universe. Okay, so we are recording this at Nutter McLennan and Fish, and Nutter is your counsel, legal counsel, mm-hmm. and Mark has some relationship with uh, row two as board well. member a bit long time board member <laughs> so we are going to do our best so why are we doing this because if you guys know everything about this why are we well because the three listeners might want to learn something. oh right okay, and yeah. we are going to try to keep away from all those issues and and uh, legal issues and uh, sort of right. board level but, issues but, but we did think the story was interesting yeah. So the story started, you know, not too many years ago. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Which to the I contrary, think, many, many years ago. Well, that's yes. why Jason's here. He set a record for startups that don't go don't go anywhere over a long period of time, and then finally get traction. But but this is not a failure story. No. But this is a story where instead of failing, Jason in particular, will will talk about sort of the journey from sort of one business model. Yes. Or, or, or yes. non-business oh, model. No, yeah. Oh, no. You wait a minute. Wait a. What is Mark doing? Telling the story. I don't know what no, he's, he's analyzing. Oh, oh no, no. You're not allowed to be a. What was that? We used to have to wait, wait a second. Hey, I do have one important. <laughs> there's one important question for you. Yes. Um, when we sat on with our last podcast, the guy had a. Um, what do you call it? Phone? Not a not an iPhone. He had he an had, Android phone. He had an Android phone mm-hmm. that was constantly explain. It's constantly showing the time on its lock screen. Yes. Why can't I get my iPhone to do that? Oh, because you know Apple's pro- 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 uh, Apple's proprietary, proprietary so oh. they can choose to put whatever they want on that screen at any given time. Is there right? a so. screen that shows that was cool? Did you guys see his screen? I thought no, that I, was really cool. I, I, I thought it was not as cool. Jason has one. Oh, do you I have, have an Android. Oh, can you put the time on? This is more important than the rest of our podcast. Well, well, well you, then I have to turn it on to get the, the which time. you're not allowed to do right now. Oh, oh, oh! But he had the, he had the time going constantly. But given that we you have, then you have to fix oh, that. If issue, you touch it, oh, good. Or yeah. if you, yeah, I think there's ways. Can you to have do the time it's, constantly it's, display, like if you're doing a test or something on your? Android device? Absolutely. So I think the downside and the reason why Apple doesn't do that is because it drains battery. Uh, Oh, how much? Not much at all. So it is sort of ridiculous that they don't have the option to allow you to do that. And to anybody who has an Android phone, simply go into your uh, widget section and you would be able to see how to add different clocks. You can even define what that clock looks like. You can even have animations behind that clock. But not on the lock screen. But not on the... Oh, on the lock screen for Android. Do you think Tim Cook listens to this podcast? Yeah, I think he does. This may be his most important... He may listen to this I didn't like his comments about the last one. (laughs) (laughs) He he listens to this before he listens to... I think his comment was, what? (laughs) You want me to waste my time doing what? Before he listens to the daily every morning. Yeah, there you go. listens to this. Um, So tell us about Row 2. How long have you guys been around? Oh, it's going on nine years. Oh, close to a decade. uh, Yeah, we incorporated here at Nutter in 2012. I was a young man back then. (laughs) (laughs) There's always an opportunity for a failure in your future. Look 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 at Sears. Oh, that's Look true. at Kmart. That's well, yeah. but they're coming out, coming back from the dead. Well, well they, not, that's not if their their uh, uh, private equity guy you know, rapes and pillages them some more again. Yeah. <laughs> again, he hasn't gotten enough out of the vendors, yeah. the suppliers. So, tell us more about your so your nine year journey. Yeah, maybe Start I should just. I'll give you the. I'll yeah. give you the rundown. We will interrupt as usual. Yes, please and do. Mark will not do panelizing. Whatever we called it, moderating. 
I mean, uh, man, it's a it's a long story, but to summarize, yeah, exactly. It's actually a pretty exciting one. Yeah, it was fun. My co-founder came to me while we were still students at Berkeley College of Music, Amir Saruman, and he had this big idea for something that wasn't really defined. It was just that we, we knew hundreds of international musicians, and we wanted to work with them in some way. We wanted to put our resources together. Where were you guys again? Berkeley College of Music. Is that B-E-R-K-L-E-Y? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it is the MIT of contemporary music. Yes, it is. You will see more computers in the main building at, at Berkeley than you will at any building in MIT. I thought that MIT was the Berkeley of engineering. It can be. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, the two schools, and you, you're, you can explain it, but the two schools actually collaborate quite a bit. Nick's mm-hmm. eyes are rolling back in his head. Well... Berkeley, you know, David Friend Music Hall is there at Berkeley. Oh, yes. David Friend, that's right. He was on the board for many years. He dropped off the board, but he might be back on now. I'm not sure. But ah, he has a whole building named after him right, at Berkeley. Yeah, yeah. the music and hall. There's an ice. There's a program called ICE uh, that actually incorporates MIT and Berkeley College of Music together. So there, yeah, like like Mark was saying, right. there's lots of collaboration there. Right between Berkeley. Okay, and, so you and got, wait MIT a second. Wait a second. Oh, Harvard. Yes. You got me interested. You got hundreds of musicians around the world who are want to do what. At the time, we didn't know. Thank you, Mick. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, think, I think it was you know, post 9-11. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mick's trying to get us off the ground I know, a little, I know a little story, obviously, but uh, Amir felt he could heal the world with music. Oh, let's hear it from which the horse. Which was let's, a let's hear from disruptive idea. Yeah. From the horse himself. Well, And long story short, Amir came to me. I was running a club at Berkeley called the Film Scoring Network. We were the largest club at Berkeley at the time. And Were uh, you really running it? I was running it. You literally? I literally started it. Okay, there and, we go. Uh, and, when, and figuratively. And figuratively. <laughs> and literally. <laughs> and so when Amir came to me after one of those meetings, he said he wanted to talk, he wanted to meet. And after several meetings, we, we realized that, oh, man, we have something here. We didn't know what it was. We just knew knew that we had a lot of talent uh, and they were from over 90 different countries. So first we wanted to create a network where we brought them together and they could work together on different projects individually and we would be the hub for them. That didn't work out too well. So we de- we decided we have to go straight to the source of what we all do, which is creating music and creating uh, entertainment. So we started to create a song called Anthem for the World, where we actually, long story short, brought all the musicians together into one room. I so John Lennon did that. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's been, yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's been done a few times in, in different <clears throat> capacities, but uh, we did it where we had countries that were at war with each other, having citizens sit at the same table and and write a song of peace together. We then uh, made a music video around that where we went all over New England and found locations that looked like the different countries that were, we were trying to represent. <laughs> I'll remember this, and we yeah. made this video and it went viral and we had millions of views and then- Did you really? Yes, yes, and then over- Do you um, like the special sound effects here oh, on yeah, my phone? Right? <laughs> By the way, there's a phone here. There was we'll a mute button on that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But is it still it's getting getting views it's oh we're still getting views to how this many day. views have you had um so we've had we've had the video uh, taken and put on on different news sites and so it's if oh you, that's right exactly so if you collectively grab all of the views from all of the different video sources i think we're at 28 million right no, now really yeah. holy cow yeah. and how okay. do you monetize those 28 million people <laughs> We're, uh, we're waiting for the 29th million. Funny you say that. We didn't. <laughs> that was, was, Failure that number was a one. experience. Yeah, exactly. Failure number one. 29 million eyeballs, not a penny. Always the... But where the value came from was when we quickly realized we had something Failure that we had could work with. We had a dollar from each of them. Also. Yeah. <laughs> or even 50 cents, right? Exactly. Yeah. But that led to a sold-out show at Symphony Hall. Berkeley saw what we were doing, and they ultimately brought us up. Uh, on with Alan This Sylvester. is Symphony Hall in Boston, where the Symphony Boston Hall, Symphony exactly. Orchestra plays. And we worked with the Video Game Orchestra, the VGO, which is a huge uh, traveling orchestra uh, that plays obviously video, video game games. music and we worked with them along alongside alan silvestri who did the music for uh back to the future uh forrest gump and a lot of the well-known film composer. exactly yeah. well-known film composer legend and we had this concert sold out standing ovation for us we had all of our musicians from the music video on the balconies holding the flags of their countries swinging back and forth and singing the song that was the music video after that concert, we realized we have something here. We have something valuable. Um, we Before were, you get going too far, because yeah. you're really ramping Are up here. Are you analyzing? No, I'm, I, had a, I had a thought here. <laughs> Are you moderating? Mark. <laughs> Mark, you got a program coming up. 
I'm just completely disrupting him. Ew. What's your program? Uh, MIT Connected Things, March 25th, 2000. Oh, little plug. You going, Am Mick? I? Of course. No, yeah, you're not. You're, you're not going to be in town. Oh. Shoot, sounded good. Yeah, sounded okay. good. Okay, well, now that we've completely disrupted you. I thought my fans would like to know where I am. <laughs> Keep going. Now I just try and pick back up. That's okay. okay. <laughs> They're getting too excited. It's like we had to slow maybe this down. Cut, maybe you'll cut that disruption so that... that okay, it's, these, it's these... I'll calm down. The, all these people, were they all students at Berkeley from the countries or from the other places too? A majority were Berkeley students, but we also had um, the uh, contempor- uh, uh, New England's um, conservatory um, and then yeah. alongside uh, a few musicians from MIT and Harvard, but the majority of them being Berkeley students. Prostle wow. Mm. And uh, side note, a lot of a lot of who worked with us... I think he's told this story before. Yeah. <laughs> a few no, times. But it's, a, but, it's a, but it's a great story. It it's is great a great video. story. Yeah, a lot of people at Sundance just heard this story at the after parties too. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> you, like he, <laughs> you like how he just yeah. stuck that one in because he just came back from Sundance. Yeah, he did amazing. So, are you going to go to the Connected Things thing at MIT? Is that up there with Sundance and with Davos or whatever it is? Sorry, what is this? Connected Things? <laughs> oh, 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 don't say whatever. What is this? Uh, okay. This is like we'll the most important thing. Keep, keep going. going. Keep, keep going. going. Yeah. Keep going. Um, uh, but. Point being is that uh, you're a despicable human being. <laughs> yes, David. I, I, I guess I got to do this quick. Uh, I got investment. <laughs> take, take your time. Take your exactly. Time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we put together um, a rough idea as to what we could produce, and, and being an entertainment company, we were looking to create music videos, do live performances. And this is in 2009. This is two. 10, 11. Okay. Yeah, 2009 was when Amir and I first met. Okay. Music video was done by 2010. 2011 was the concert. And then... Uh, um, and you did a few. You did one... Uh, oh, yeah. Outdoors, which I went to. Oh, well, that, that was yeah. after we incorporated. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, once yeah, we found a, a, a few investment, yeah. uh, or when we, we were able to uh, receive an investment and uh, incorporate the company, and from there... Yeah. You were trying to... So going to the beginning of the pivots that were the beginning of your failures. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you guys had this idea. You put on this great performance, and you thought there must be money in this. We are going to incorporate and become a business that does what? Entertainment and media. Oh. We, we wanted to produce music videos, songs, live entertainment events, and, and that's what we did. Using, um, using the resources you had at Berkeley. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And not just Berkeley, but a lot of the, um, the, the graduating body is going out and becoming professional musicians in their own given respected areas and then continuing to utilize How many of musicians. you were there? Uh, is this moderating, Mark? Yes. There, we had a network. Was Herbie Hancock there? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, Herbie, Herbie Hancock. Hancock was he there? Oh, we actually uh, uh, we actually uh, met Herbie Hancock. He saw one of our performances before at Berkeley. I was sure he, he would. Yeah. <laughs> Did he like it? Uh, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> Did he invest? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, so how many of you were there? Uh, um, they were that were the the core of this over company. the ten over no, the no, past then, eight, then starting the, then uh, we want to take them down the tortured path. That was your business, or is your business? The f- first music video, 90 musicians from 90 different countries. Okay, but how about the core people? So you have these 90 musicians mm-hmm. that get together, and there are five or six or four or two of you who oh, say, we right. should start a business around Yeah, probably like seven. Seven, which was one of the co-founders. other... Co-founders. Seven co-founders. And yeah. that was another step to why we didn't succeed immediately. This is great. <laughs> um, Going seven different directions. Yeah. No, they all... I, I, can, I can attest to... That they're going in the same direction, but you had seven cooks in the kitchen. Oh, your mic is off, damn it, Mark. Seriously? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they had seven cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, even though they were all making stew, you know, they had different spices. Cause the, and one of the positive aspects where there were seven cooks from seven different countries. You know, you had a guy from Czech Republic. You had a, a Dominican Italian. Republic. You had no, two guys from Czech Republic, mm-hmm. actually. An Italian. An Italian guy mm-hmm. who's still uh, very active, but not in, not in this oh, thing. Oh, he was great. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, so you had you know, people from all over, which was the strength. The guy from Turkey who's still there. I'll give you, though, even yeah. though maybe it wasn't the best idea to start with so many partners, meeting them, having them influence Rotu made it to where it is today. Yeah. Okay, so seven of you get together and decide to form this business, that, mm-hmm. and the business is going to be an entertainment business, and you're going to bring in the local talent, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. How did you so, handle ownership between seven? We split it evenly. 
Seven doesn't divide by evenly. Oh, well, well it divides. We gave Amir and myself a little bit more on we, the few extra percent on top. To, to even it out. How did you, yeah. did you put in any agreements in place, or was it all by a handshake? Uh, we had agreements in place, um, and, and we did it through Nutter. Oh, okay, well, we're not going to get into that, but that's yeah, yeah, that's fine. We don't it's need. Your, it's okay. your damn fault. So you did, you did, do, so you did put agreements in place, and exactly. you shared and shared alike. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you had a? Did you get a put in a board? You had a board and directly. Exactly. We we started. Um, we incorporated as a C corp out of Delaware uh, with a board of directors from the get go. Okay, and are you still paying the fees for that C corp, or did that eventually dissolve? No, we're still paying the fees of that C Corp. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were able to um, produce enough every year to oh. keep it alive. Oh, so it's not a total, total failure. Not at all. As a matter of fact, it's quite a success now, but we're not there yet. Yeah, yeah. To okay. be seen. So yeah. it's 2010. Analyzing again. Sorry, it's 2010, <laughs> yes. and you, what's going on? So it's 2010. To be honest, you, I forget where I was. <laughs> oh, well, where you were is you, the, a bunch of you got together. You put on some great shows. Herbie Hancock either showed up or didn't show up, either threw up or didn't throw up. But he certainly mm-hmm. didn't give you any money. But in any event, you had this great idea, and you, you doctored it up with and, papers. And they got, they got an initial investor, mm-hmm. uh, an oh, angel investor. That. No, tell us about During that, that time frame. Yeah, tell, it's, tell a, a private, it's a family we'll office. From the, horse, from the horse. Yeah, private horse. individual family office. Horses and We're not going to name them. Exactly. Yeah, no, tell us about it. Um, what do you Why want to know about Why did you reach it? out? How did we Why reach did out? You, yeah, how? Why? Well, this is actually part of the business model shift, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Was it? Right, because it was, it was almost envisioned to be a nonprofit for Speak. a Speak. Speak. Let I him am. talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just collecting my thoughts here. Uh, yes, exactly. We didn't know what it wanted this is to be. a crazy podcast. That's right. We didn't know what it wanted to be uh, even after we incorporated. We... At first, before we incorporated, we did think that this could potentially be a nonprofit where we are bringing musicians together to create uh, philanthropic uh, entertainment practices for uh, anything from, uh, um, you know, for example, we worked with a, a company called AmeriCares at one point, a company uh, called Amazon Aid Foundation. Not, um, not, not Jeff Bezos. This was the actual river. Okay. <laughs> um, and so at first we thought as a, as a non-profit. So this is all seven of you mm-hmm. trying to decide whether you're a profit or not profit. Or exactly. Both. They, I, I, they, they weren't debating that issue. They were just trying to do the project. Oh, they were counting their chickens before they hatched. No, no. I think they were just, I think they were in it and working. Okay, keep going. Yeah, Personally. exactly. So, so what, bring, what brings we knew you to that raise we money? Could, okay. We knew that as a team we could make really entertaining content that was focused on Values that a lot of people in the entertainment industry weren't sharing at the time and still are not, right? We were able to create music videos about love and peace and hope and bringing the international community together. And so we wanted to stay on that route. It felt like a nonprofit at first, but ultimately we realized it wasn't. We went for a C Corp, a for profit company. Uh, one of our, our initial investor saw our concerts, knew about us. Why even, did you even reach out for money? Because we wanted to create. Uh, we wanted the resources to create um, music video and outreach to the Boston and New England community to. Uh, why to couldn't you this. just? Why couldn't you just bootstrap this? In Guilty other words, of panelizing. <laughs> you know that's a good question. I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm panelizing. At the time, you know, at the time, what we wanted to do required resources. And that's that's really the answer. They needed some gas in the tank. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I'm curious about when you have seven people each carrying a flag, going up a hill, and who's following whom, and no matter who you are, nobody works the same. You work, I suspect, harder than anybody. I'm just guessing. (laughs) So the guy who's working the least and the guy who's working the most usually have some kind of difficulties. I wouldn't necessarily frame it like that, but was Mark uh, working the least? Definitely. <laughs> it's amazing he's still here. Yeah. <laughs> Stupidity. Um, it, it wasn't so much that they were working the least; it was that at the end of the day, who was bringing opportunities to the table that were working out, and and who from the team were then producing those opportunities. And over time, natural selection sort of dictated how we operated, what we were doing, and ultimately who was working. So how are they all supporting themselves, the seven? They all had jobs doing something, right? At the time? Yeah. Oh, we were uh, we were making enough revenue to uh, generate uh, opportunity for all of us. Oh, really? Um, oh, okay. For a short period doing of time. What? Um, what? 
doing music videos, doing live mm-hmm. entertainment events. We actually produced uh, a lot of flash mobs. Uh, one of the biggest ones was a giant concert here in the Boston Commons where we were the opening act for a, uh, a festival called Outside the Box. And we were able to put on this giant 200-person show uh, uh, with music from all around the world, and that was a huge hit. Before that, we did Symphony Hall. Oh, no, excuse me. Well, we of course we did Symphony Hall, but we did the Hatch Cell for 9-11 in 2013 or 14. And then before that, we did a bunch of flash mobs at Harvard. Oh. Um, we did a Ted money? thing. Ex- Ted thing. These and then one of these make money. These, oh yes, exactly. These how were do you make all money with a flash mob? Flash mob is an old term now, but what? How do you make money with those? Uh, we had an organization who had an event, and they wanted something to surprise all of their guests. So they were paid to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh. One of my favorites was AmeriCares, which is an organiz- is a nonprofit that um, brings a bunch of donors together, and then they literally put the food and the resources that they raise onto airplanes and fly them to the country that they're uh, oh. supporting that year. So we were at this giant hangar, and we had a giant Brazilian per- percussion ensemble hidden under tables and around, and we had a didgeridoo player up on a a staircase and out of, out of nowhere. Mick plays the didgeridoo. Oh, yeah. Well, it's oh. not a traditional Brazilian instrument. <laughs> <laughs> and long story short, we we just blew everyone's mind with a big, giant really? performance, and we did that at Harvard. Um, is there a picture of you guys walking across the road on the crosswalk? At, is it Abbey Lane? Oh, yeah. This is a Beatles reference. So Beatles was a musical group that occurred in the... You, oh, oh yes. what? I don't know. I'm, I'm unaware. That was Paul McCartney's band. Nobody, <laughs> no, but I, I, I have heard of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> it's a comfort. Okay, so that's great. So you're making money. It's 2000. Because I think Mick Jagger old, is older than you. Not oh. by much. <laughs> <laughs> he's still killing it, though. He's, yeah, I, I think he's on his like, eighth uh, kid with uh, his latest 20-something-year-old. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> he's a listener also, by the way. Yes. Uh, not Hi, of this podcast. Hello, Mick. <laughs> um, so what year is it and where, what's going on? Uh, so all, yeah, all, <laughs> all the events I've been mentioning are, are over the past over the past eight nine years. So they were ranging oh, no. from 2012, 13, 15, 14. Really? Oh, you did for the Amazon. You got paid for that too. I wanted. Yeah, that's the one I wanted to mention because that's my favorite. I was right. saving that for last. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, what perfect timing. We, what year are we roughly? Um, so right now we are in 2015. Oh, you're jumping around. So exactly. we still we still with seven people. We still have no. seven co-founders. No, I think no. You, I think it started to go about what five years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. I, so my interest, mm-hmm. it's just me, is the tortured path you took, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and as you sort of shed bodies, yes. as you shed founders. And you pivoted, so you're mm-hmm. sort of mixing time up, which screws my view of it up. But this is my view. Okay, I'll, so I'll, keep, I'll keep it chronologically then. Yeah, that's okay. me. So what what you want to hear? Mark actually and I agree. We agreed. Yeah, that's well, very unusual. So I'm going to jump out the window after this. <laughs> keep going. So when when <laughs> things started to change in terms of of the of the amount of individuals in the company, um, within the first two years, we lost two people. Um, oh. So there was five. I know. How Saturday. did you do that, though? Did you kick um, them out? You say, "Get the hell out of here." No, they just wanted to. It was a mutual conversation. Yeah. It was oh. uh, it, again. You know, we we had a we had a body of extremely talented people. This is what so, this podcast is all about. We get to dissecting the, the dead body. Exactly. It's alive. It's alive. I thought it was about you just, analyzing. Oh. <laughs> I mean, everyone who was originally on the team. I mean, they they have hugely successful careers. They, right. You know, they they honestly just knew that they weren't a good fit and things weren't working out, and they left to do much bigger and better things. Wow, that's hard to follow. With no regrets. I don't think so. I'm not them. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Maybe now they would want to come back. And actually, a lot. I mean, we're. We're still all friends, and we actually work. Uh, for example, we mentioned the Italian gentleman. Yes, oh, yeah. uh, he How's still he, doing? Yeah, he still helps us. Uh, he we consult with him all the time. He, you know, he's uh, just without revealing who he is. What's he doing these days? Um, he's got wor- nothing with Shay, right? Yeah, exactly. He right. um, not just working at Berkeley College of Music as faculty. He also is um, uh, um, working all over Boston with uh, um, musical artists and, oh. and put. Uh, for example, he uh, helps develop a, a lot of the programs 
programs at the Isabella Gardner That's Museum. Right. Oh, really? And good yeah, for him. And, he was and a, great. Yeah, and is huge across Boston. Yeah, really well, good for him. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Since we, it's it's right. weird to talk about my friends without being able to name them. Uh, but we'll uh, name them. It's not derogatory. <laughs> we'll call him Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, no, no. Mark. They're all, all named Mark. because <laughs> no, he has such a he has such a flowery Italian name. Why don't you Why don't you name him? Yeah, we can name him. Yeah, Simone Scasocio. Yeah, he was great. That's what I said. Absolutely great. Maybe anybody understood that. Yeah, Simone. 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 That's right. Yeah. Keep going. So go back to time. I live in exactly. the North End. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so quickly we we went down to five, and then from five around in 2014, 15. How did you uh, handle when he left? How did you handle his stock? His he shares. Was, he wasn't an owner, was he? Yes, he was. He was. That's a very right. a smaller amount. Right. What he exactly. came on a little later uh, than the rest of us. Uh, we had um, he agreed to um, sell it back to the company. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for, for it was, I think, for all of the the. You know the beginning seven. It, you know there was a quick letter, and then a small amount of money was paid to okay. return the stock to the treasury. Exactly. Cool. I mean, it was like a trivial amount of money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Um, Very cool. Uh, so uh, we like were producing. Yeah, yeah. We were producing live entertainment and everything we were just talking about um, those years, and then we had a um, uh, a larger project present itself called the Amazon Anthem for the Amazon. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. So we worked with uh, but, the Amazon Aid Foundation, correct. who hired us to create both a music video and a documentary. And this is the real Amazon River, not the company. Not even the river, but the entire land down in South America. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's gorgeous. Who, gorgeous. Who do you talk to to get to that? I mean, who was the guy, the guy who said... Jeff Bezos? No, 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 no. No, I mean, I'm <laughs> saying you know, there had to be... It was the DuPont family, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. All right. See, that makes some sense. Yeah. All right. So Sarah DuPont, own, who runs the... the uh, yeah, run, uh, I don't know if she owns it, but she definitely owns the Amazon Aid Foundation. Um, Similar. I think she would love to own the Amazon because she would save it. Oh, uh, you, you know, the biggest part and problem with why we were down there is that there is so much illegal gold mining and deforestation happening there that in 30 years we're going to lose the Amazon. Um, Right now they are pumping mercury into the sediment so that it joins with the little fragments of gold that are in the soil to create methamercury. Then they basically take those big chunks of mercury and and gold and they burn it away. Is that what's called crystal meth? Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, but, it's a wrong podcast. I think it's even worse than crystal meth because you pump a bunch of mercury into the ground and nothing will ever grow there again. So you have these oh. giant strips of land that are just sand. barren, barren, right. where they were lush jungles. Where mm. I, I think, I think there's a statistic like within a five square mile area of the Amazon, you have more animals and and uh, plants than all of Europe, right? So you're we're really? losing a lot every time we. They lose did an a lot acre. of mercury in Europe. <laughs> but is it but isn't the, the the kind of the the phrase that i learned from watching it is, is the uh, oh, amazon area i did he doesn't uh, listen to our podcast you know oh, yeah but i watched uh, this video because it was good the, <laughs> the dan carlin podcast you no, know the hardcore it, history well not all but i think it wasn't it that the the phrase was that the amazon is the lungs of the world or something yeah. to that effect absolutely and and that's exactly what they are so that's why it's important to get back down (laughs) don't penalize restrain yourself keep going (laughs) to get back into it we we flew down to the Amazon and filmed the illegal gold mine and the deforestation happening there. We you actually did. took a two over a two week uh, uh, trip into the heart of the you Amazon. You filmed it. You didn't get killed. We had some here. moments. We had some moments. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we literally got on a boat uh, uh, with backpacks with thousands of dollars of recording equipment, uh, video equipment, and we went down uh, down the uh, the river uh, to. We sent down the river. Yeah, <laughs> sent like, down the river. Like you will be for panelizing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. Okay, so when are you going to write your book, Jason? Because this yeah. is a very fascinating story. Uh, probably in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Keep going. And um, what, did you see any crocodiles? Uh, they're called Cayman down there. Cayman, are they? Yeah, yeah, they're what, not the crocodiles. Cayman uh, oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Um, yes, we saw a lot, actually. Filmed a bunch. Who um, really? So we went down there, filmed uh, uh, all the uh, wildlife and, and all the beautiful aspects of the area. Then we obviously filmed the deforestation that we found. You would just literally come from lush jungle all of a sudden to a barren wasteland. Uh, we captured all this. We then went into Puerto Malinado, which is a small little town on the side of the river. Did Sarah um, pay for all this? Yes. 
Oh, great. Uh, we also did a, I shouldn't say all of it, we did a Kickstarter uh, where um, the uh, Amazon Aid Foundation matched what we were able to raise on the Kickstarter. This reminds me of the ad for the, the Army where they show all these guys like doing all this stuff and they, they say, and they've done that before you've woken up at 7 a.m. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's that's actually one of the interesting things is he's been going through these right. these, these pivots. pivots. You know, yeah. he, it isn't that he's that they've been sitting on their hands. They've been making a little bit of money along the way. Mm-hmm. They've yeah. been doing some super yeah. interesting and shooting, things. Shooting Cayman or uh, well, and, and shooting interesting video. Yeah. And these guys are like now expert cinematographers. Yeah. And, and that, and uh, you know, I know I'm rambling here, but to summarize no, that project, that's why Nick is here. The documentary that we created called Mercury Uprising, which was an addition, uh, basically a uh, an addendum to the larger documentary the Amazon Aid Foundation already had, went to COP20, COP21, the United Nations conferences. They are the conferences that helped define the Paris Climate Agreement, and we like to think that our video helped with that because it was showed uh, to a lot of the presidents and prime ministers. So it's hard not to say you should start a business around this. So, <laughs> so why was sure, your business such a wild success after all this? Because who could ask for more publicity? It's a good question. Was I, was I huh? analyzing? Yeah, it was. You're okay. guilty of mm. good, good question. I had a yeah. panel truck once. Oh, <laughs> oh, we've shut him down. No, I, I wouldn't say you shut me down. That's a good question. I'm just trying to think so, about it. I so, mean, so, 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 no, yeah, so, going? Yeah, yeah. Right. The problem, I think, is as a, I'm now switching from being a panelist to being a board member. And a friend is that it, it becomes <laughs> a service oh. industry. You know, it's a gig uh, business, and you is know, is this true? They, That's exactly. They true. can only do yeah. so many gigs at a time. But it's, we were told that that if you sold enough eyeballs, you could like run the world. Well, what so to that? failure number one is they didn't monetize twenty eight. Well, yeah, million but, but you should have. Why didn't yeah. you monetize the the uh, the thing for Sarah Dupont? Because she was, yeah. Well, because it was theirs. It's we. Oh, we that was, was something we did oh. for them. Um, you know, this was oh, a. Oh, you didn't own that. No, we owned. Um, we owned the foot. We co-owned the footage and the audio recordings. Um, and she owned the the building use of it. Were you able so, to monetize? So it was a work for hire. Exactly, oh, it's a work oh, for hire. That's uh, and that's a lot of what we were doing with these organizations. Obviously, when you do a flash mob. You know, so can you we know. go on YouTube and see the videos that you did? You can see many of our videos. The documentary is uh, um, uh, private, which is shown, you know, th- that's the Amazon Aid Foundation's uh, business. They show it when needed in classrooms and in, at, at, um, uh, I believe, uh, they, they've taken it to a lot of film festivals as well. Did, uh, so did that's you still closed circuit. Did you do the editing and everything? We did everything. We did everything from the, uh, the conception of it to the, the shooting, the filming, and the recording, to the, to the editing, to the music, to everything was done in-house with Road 2. Our team is very talented. And we, you can go online right now and see the music video and all of the other content we've done. We, our, you know, our channel, uh, row2.com on uh, row2.com and the row2vr YouTube channel has everything we've ever done. So going back to that other question, we've had a lot of startups in front of us who um, who would die for even if you didn't monetize mm-hmm. that event, who would have loved to have those experiences to launch this great company. Now yes. there are five of you. Where did you go wrong, or what went wrong, or did nothing go wrong? Yeah, again, I wouldn't say went wrong. Good. I would say that good answer. It. It kept changing based on opportunity that presented itself over if time. If he were absolutely right, he wouldn't be wasting his time talking to you, David. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. I, true, true. Well, I'd, I'd say failure one was the, you know... Uh, well, it's not look, failure. The stepping stones. Yeah. Stepping so, stones. so stepping stone one was, again, sort of uh, what kind of business was it? Was yes. it or is it uh, a, a nonprofit? Is it now a film studio? Is it a uh, an employment agency for people, you know, wishing to gain green cards? Is mm-hmm. it because there was an aspect of that that one of, one of the founders wanted to, do, you know, bring in folks, you know, help uh, folks from different countries, yeah. you know, gain talented international artists yeah. to be able to come here and work, yes, right? Um, which okay. yeah, which was related to what we do, but isn't necessarily exactly what That's we right. do. So you guys so are very service oriented. Not, service oriented. There wasn't product, and and you know, any company is people. So at the at the end of the day. 
my co-founder Amir Sam and myself and, and our team, we're content creators. We wanted to do something much like we started with, something that is completely 100% ours. And over this journey that we had, we kept building this giant story. And this story, which we called Rhythm of the Universe, was at first going to be a stage show, it was going to be a, a, a film, it was going to even be a comic book at one time, a moving animated comic book. And we failed to monetize what we previously done because we were so focused on the IP and on this idea that we had, but we didn't know which entertainment medium we wanted to tell it in. And long story short, when I saw virtual reality for the first time, I put on a headset and I saw a giant whale go Oh no, by. another bright shiny object. Yeah. No, Literally. It, and when, yeah. I, when I saw this new entertainment medium, I realized that this is, this is what we need to tell Roto's story on. And and then okay, what drove you to jujitsu then? <laughs> <laughs> My ex-wife. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm out. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that divergence. <laughs> That's a different Keep pivot. Going. That's a divot, not yeah. a pivot. That's a whole other podcast. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, but that was about. <laughs> That was about 2015. Okay. Yeah, about 2016. Excuse me. Um, so is when you I first weren't tried so VR. much pivoting before that. You were simply stumbling along. They're iterating, like Mark yeah. after three martinis. I had yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a, I had a team who wanted to make something like we originally made. They didn't want to keep doing someone else's project over and over again. To no. be completely blunt. Yeah. And so. I think as as at the time as the the primary producer of any of these projects, and Amir Salmon, my my partner, we we failed at continuing to monetize what we were doing because we didn't really want to do it. We were we were sort of tired of just doing these gigs. Wow. Okay, so it was a business that you didn't love, but you kind of liked it, and you just paid the you, bills. Yeah, paid. The, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, to be completely honest. So, did you find a business, or are you hoping to find a business, or what's going on now? Then, well, by the way, well, how many of you are there by this stage? Just two. Yes, there's two of us. How'd you get rid um, of the others? Well, you didn't um, get rid of the. Yeah. One one was uh, elevated to the board. Okay. Because he had a, uh, another day job. There's no like concrete block in the bottom of the Charles River no. with a body, <laughs> not a body at all. foot in it. Not at all. No, but um, uh, they. Uh, I, I guess I could say they they focused. They figured out if VR is the medium uh, to tell their story. Mm -hmm. They be, they realize that they're a content company. They're they're creating content which they will monetize episodically. I'm feeding you some lines here. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up with this, please. Now, this is where I could go in for another eight hours. That's so right. I'll yeah, try yeah. and summarize this. Story <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, but the reason why, you know, reason why I went down the two, uh, Amir, Sam, and myself. Down the tube? Tube, two. Two people. Two individuals. Tube. Is that when we, when we switched over and realized that virtual reality was the medium we want to tell our story in. Today. Uh, Today, yeah. Okay. I think, is, I think this is where they're staying. Yeah, okay. It, it just didn't make, it didn't make sense for yeah. the rest of the partners who at the time hadn't done much with us because we hadn't done much work in general okay. over the time period we were doing basically research and development of how we would create Rhythm of the Universe. When you came and did your demo for us at Boston Harbor Angels. Mm -hmm. Was that BHA? Yes. That, that there was Boston no Housing ask. Authority? You didn't ask us for any money. So are you flush right now? <laughs> uh, we didn't ask because uh, we did present in front of Boston Harbor Angels um, a later. Uh, yeah, a few times. Um, at that time, they we were, were asked memorable. just to. Um, we were. I, I was invited just to view, and then I was invited to share. Uh, I wasn't invited to pitch at the at the time. Okay, um, that's a good answer. I would, and, and would, I would. I would be always happy to show and share. Um, <laughs> and that he would be even happier to walk away with a check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's get um, right down to it. But at the so but, keep going. This yeah, is but, a great story. But before that, um, before. We we ever even knew how much we needed to ask for what even if we needed funding how we would do this um, yeah so you've come to the sectarian promised land okay yes right <laughs> the non-sectarian 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 promised land right. called virtual reality yeah so some of the partners wanted to keep pursuing their music careers and, and what they were doing yeah. in the traditional media forms okay. and Amir and I really dug our feet in along with the contractors and the artists that we've been working with and okay. we were able to create the infrastructure uh, taking the story or, or the, the storyboard of what the show would have been or what the music video would have been and 
turn that into something that you can see in virtual reality. He would be a great guest on a podcast. Mm. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, keep going. And so we then had this infrastructure, and I realized, okay, well, we can't jump into virtual reality unless we know more about it. So I immediately started spending all of my time indoctrinating myself into this world. I joined and became a board member of um, Boston VR, where the lar- one of the largest VR meetup groups in the country. Uh, we, we then started to, I should say, through that I was able to meet a plethora of incredible talent in areas and technology that I just was at the time not aware of. You mean more than, than, more than in this room? Yeah. Very much more in this room. <laughs> um, so I was able to meet coders and programmers and from there I was going to conferences and I then started working at MIT and and producing a, a, a class based Good. around uh, virtual reality storytelling. There's an MIT joke in there, but we will no, not, no, we will not use it again. He actually, he actually has an MIT uh, uh, email nobody, address. Yeah. Nobody's oh, figured out the code on virtual reality yet. Sorry? Nobody's really figured out the code on how do you make money out of it? How do you oh, really code, do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of virtual reality out there. Uh, so what are you going to do different than what's out there now, which is I can go to the pyramids or mm-hmm. An actual I can real question. go to Greece. Right. And mm-hmm. Versus your panelizing. And, I, and, and it's wonderful, but how much of that can you do? In I've already been to Greece. And I've already been to the pyramids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I mean, what do you do with for Encore? Okay. Well, right now, virtual reality has many different segments, right? So we have to first define what part of what area of virtual reality we're creating content for. That is for HMDs or head-mounted displays. Those are the headsets that you put on and you can walk around. You're in a virtual space. For listeners and and for the people in the room who have never tried virtual reality, you you can literally reach out, grab a cup, you can walk out the door or teleport out the door and put that cup down on another table. It is literally recreating uh, I shouldn't say literally. It's creating well, a virtual world. How many times can I do that? Sorry. I mean, how many times would I want to do that? Um, a lot of people like do it every day. I'd like to get my cup filled. It's empty here now. <laughs> yeah, but I think that, that's more of a, a sort of a scenario. Exactly. I mean, we're talking, it goes from this to shooting yourself through space, Look, being able to see the Mona Lisa, uh, being able to walk around. For The reason I bring that up is uh, a company uh, created recently a museum exhibit where they took the greatest pieces of artwork from around the world and all of the museums and put it in one giant mega museum in virtual reality where you can go and walk around and see these works of art. So oh, the point that sounds where, great. Yeah, so this is just one use case. It, it's it's not just for gaming too, but in medicine. But who's know, doing it right now that had this making money? Oh, well, for example, a company called Alchemy Labs, uh, the CEO Alex Schwartz, uh, a friend of mine, uh, was, was bought out by Google um, for between 25 to $50 million. Uh, you also have a company called Altspace, which is this place where thousands of people every day go and can talk with each other like we're talking now. That was bought by Microsoft. And there are a lot of other examples of acquisitions. There's a lot of examples of companies, for example, Servios, that's this a premier gaming company creating content that is in arcades across the world, uh, thousands of arcades across the world. How much work would it be, and I'm serious, how much work would it be to take this podcast and make it a virtual reality podcast? Would it just require a 3D camera? They already do. No, they already do it. I mean, mean, but would we simply need a camera on that just so, so the one listener who's so watching his or her dishes. Um, if you put a simply a camera in the center of the table and you push that out, what would you need to to, to be three D eyes this or I would I would this I would podcast? personally not suggest doing that. You could do. You have to see me and Mark and Nick. <laughs> so there's to walk around us. Um, so that and the, there's the, one of the one of the hurdles of virtual reality right now is is getting everyone caught up on the terminology and what exactly it is. So right now you're explaining 360 yes. video, okay. right? Live streaming 360 yeah. video, which exists, which is okay. But I personally am not a fan of that. I'm a fan of volumetric uh, content, meaning that you. It, you aren't just seeing the perception of one location and seeing a, a video capture of, in three which, which is but, to be fair, what the new, if I'm not mistaken, when the New York Times and the Wall Street <coughs> Journal published what they call virtual reality yes. articles, they're doing three sixty. Those are three sixty exactly. So there's the, the so it's not just me. And there is most certainly room for that. And I enjoy my three D three sixty content just as much as the next guy. But what's going to take off? It's a transition technology, in my opinion. It's not going. That's not what we're going to be looking at in five years, ten years. 
what we're going to be looking at is volumetric well, how 360 video. We already can. So how? it's a matter, it's blending game engine mechanics with 360 video, which you already can do. That's actually something we're doing in, in Rhythm of the Universe game. So what I mean by that is when you are, if, if we had a podcast where there's just a 360 uh, camera in the middle of the table no one they can't reach out they couldn't touch your watch that's sitting on the table here they would only be able to view and something about virtual reality we turn off his phone (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't lend itself well you have to get over this uh, this embodiment where you you have to you have to participate you there has to be some level of interactivity correctly yeah or you don't want to do it you might as well just look at it on your phone so you if i can't interact with my environment you don't want to do virtual reality. Is there reality. a way to Panalizing. inexpensively... Panalizing. Is there a way Panalizing. to inexpensively... <laughs> so to answer your can question, you though... Can, can the New York Times do that? Absolutely, and they oh. do on some on, oh. on some platforms what do you and programs. Um, for example, I'll answer your first question, is how would we do this? In, how would we do a virtual reality podcast? The way Duncan Trussell and a bunch of other people already do this is that we each would have a headset on. Right, we would we could not we don't have to be in the same place. We could all be in our underwear and our in our you know bedroom. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who wears underwear? <laughs> Dogs are running wild. Um, so we would all have headsets, and you would be able to stand. You're in your living room, um, and we would see each other like we're seeing each other now. You would have an avatar. Maybe you're a penguin. Maybe you're a dinosaur. Do I get to choose? I mean, or yeah, just automatically yeah. <laughs> a penguin? What would you like? To, actually, that's a good question. If you could be anything if you could embody anybody or anything what would you be david <laughs> that would and take... i do jujitsu moves <laughs> all right no J- jason let's start let's, let's go back yeah, I, I would rather be not okay. david <laughs> Whatever okay that, let's that let me let me like. just go back for the listener who just quit the dishwasher's up they're going to bed Okay, I've got the cardboard box in my phone. Now, how, what do I really have to do to get into get this business? Get rid of the cardboard box, number one, and get a real headset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, but what? But what? What? Mark's I right. can buy a million-dollar headset, or no, a, no, no. It's the headsets. Th- uh, you can get an Oculus Rift, a high-end virtual reality headset for three forty-nine. Okay. And, then, and, and then, if you buy enough helium balloons, you'll be able to keep your head up. Okay, and right now, <laughs> well, Oculus, is a, a Oculus is about to release a headset called the Oculus Quest. It is standalone, inside-out tracking. Yeah, but then that, next week it'll be out of date. So what do I have yeah. to wait for? Well, <laughs> you know, so I, I had an old, uh, a former boss, not an old boss, named Ralph Wagner. He was old current, also. current investor uh, of note. And he said, you know, you kind of pick your moment to jump in on technology. Everything, everything is dated from the moment you buy it. Exactly. So you jump in, you, you get your couple hundred dollar, you know, headset of choosing. Well, I broke the cardboard one. But, okay, but I think it's yeah, yeah, let, okay. let me try and help help restore some of the thread. In VR, what I've learned through this experience is that you have multiple forms of content. You have gaming content. You have you know the ability to do some interactive construction stuff. education. I mean, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's, so there's all these dis- different forms. What Row2 has done is they've said, we have figured out that we are a virtual reality, family-friendly gaming content developer. And that will, you know, Thank kind you. of, uh, well, you have to be <laughs> able to. I, know, I haven't been able to get to that yeah. part, right? <laughs> but I would, so I, I'll preview that. And Thank you. We'll you back have, you have to be it. a co-host. On uh, and, then, that. and the second piece of it is it gets distributed episodically. So Why did we, we invite Jason? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, because I want people to understand this. But the other thing is, is that you could also go to a it public a place like an arcade <laughs> mm-hmm. and maybe experience it. So you don't even have to buy the cardboard box to use your thing. So can we get back to Mick's question, which is, yes. um, how do you make a business out of virtual reality? I just, I just explained. Yeah, that. that's. No, you, did. you told us about like buying shit for your head. No. No. What? <laughs> no. That, that, Had you been paying attention instead I feel of like, analyzing? Sometimes I feel like sometimes I feel like virtual reality is 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 like the sails of of the English ships coming in and the Native Americans not being able to see them because they've never seen anything like it before. Well, if, that's that, good analogy. if you if that makes sense, it's like it's a, a lot of people picture. have a lot of people have a hard time picturing or understanding why would I have one? What is it? What am I even looking at? And why would I pay for well, it? The Native it, Americans may have developed a steamship by that point. They saw these sails as like how primitive. That too, maybe. Yeah, the point, the, yes, but the point being is that they ships. didn't, they couldn't recognize something that's right in front of them. Okay. And oh, virtual oh, reality oh. has. <laughs> oh, wow, this is mind bending. <laughs> 
and virtual reality is mind bending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. First thing I'm going to say to all the listeners if you have not tried. Listener. Listener. To the one. Probably me when I'm proofing this. To Dave's mom, you know. There we go. So. You have to first, before you can really understand what we're talking about, is try virtual reality, not on a Google Cardboard, not on a mobile headset, but in a virtual reality headset where you can walk around and touch things. You are literally in a what's called a volumetric space. I, Mick, I think that's directed to you. Mm-hmm. So okay. let's well, okay. wait, so, to answer Jason question. and I had this experience together, mm-hmm. Yeah. and I put one on. Was that an Oculus Rift that I was wearing? That was an HTC Vive. Which is... Um, a competitive headset. It's a, one of the other higher end, cheaper, more no. expensive actually, <laughs> no, more expensive. Um, but is what developers generally use to create content in, um, which is more or less interchangeable with the Oculus Rift. To answer your question and and to go along what Dave was saying, there are or Mark. Excuse me, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting names. I answer to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> He's my avatar. Oops. <laughs> Is that one? There are over 20 million headsets in consumer hands today. There are there are 20 million people across the world who have an HTC Vive or an Oculus Rift or one of the other HMD competitors in their house. Shouldn't they be doing their homework? What do you mean? <laughs> You're assuming they're all giving my kids. <laughs> Keep going. And so that is that is a, a one area that is rapidly growing. I think we had eight percent growth in in just the last quarter of 2018. Okay, um, so there's not enough content. There's plenty of content. If I get these, there's goggles. not a, there's not enough. Actually, content is king right now because we have all these headsets. People need things to see, and there are technically thousands of games. Nick but, is like a sniffer dog on a trail to a business. But the majority, well, exactly, and this is good. Exactly, the majority of games are I, I'm just flat out are not great. They are built um, with either very low budgets or large gaming companies that don't really know what they're doing yet. It's the wild, wild west of virtual reality content. And So is that the answer? Is that going to be the lead lead horse in this race? Whoever can figure out how to create what you see, the content of the hardware, is most certainly going to lead so this horse. So let's go back to the 3D camera. Is there a way without getting in programmers <laughs> involved that we could take uh, an event that is occurring in the real world? We seem to be in the real yeah. world here. And we've converted the real world to this sound thing. It wouldn't, if we want to make it visual again so mm-hmm. somebody could be in the room, how much equipment would we have to invest? A $100 camera that I usually carry in my bag. Is that's in, But that's just a 3D camera, correct? 360 video. A 360, sorry. Uh, a 360 yeah. video camera that could live stream. Okay, so let's say we don't want to do live. Okay, oh, live so, oh you mean just just film it and then put it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. The same. Will way, that allow people to walk around the room, or no. will they just be able to turn their heads left and right like no, the New but, York Times? But Google is creating a volumetric 360 video, and it's 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 um you can see a demo of it on Steam or on Google. I'm trying to remember the name of it off the top of my How head. How much will it cost? Uh, oh, that is going to be uh, B2B. It's going to be. Tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, um, that's more than how's our, your budget? Exactly. Our budget's not that big. Oh. The, our but, listener, our listener very, only sent us a dollar last qui- year. Very quickly, are these uh, these technology and these hardwares uh, dramatically uh, decreasing in price? Can you name one? Um, yeah, the, one? the Sam. Oh, you mean one that would well, be volumetric again, 360 so video, that, or just? I, I am serious here. If you want yeah, yeah. content, it would be nice if I could personally, or we could make content other than through a sorry, a 360 degree camera. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm suggesting is that you'd have to wear clothes, David. Oh, yeah, that's true. The you underwear. Would, the underwear. This is the again. Okay, so these are two different schools of virtual reality. The one I'm I'm saying I'm not a big fan of the 360 video until it is volumetric. I don't want to touch it. But what I'm suggesting happen? for you, okay, uh, that yeah. one is going to be se- several several years. Half a decade. Help me with volumetric again. What does that mean? That means. Uh, um, that the space I'm in, when I have a headset on, the space I'm in is much like the real world. Uh, a foot in front of me is a foot in front of me in virtual reality. A, the cup that's sitting on the table here is something I could reach out with with my hand and grab it with a, with a controller. I pull a trigger button to, to sort of simulate grabbing of my hand. I literally see my hand. I see my hand go around the cup. And volumetric meaning that everything around me has volume, has depth and dimension. And I can teleport or space given walk around that area 
Um, so wait a so, minute. So that, that that's from your perspective as a viewer. I'm interested mm-hmm. in my so, perspective so as I think a what content creator. So I like, think what he's saying is it's a misapplication of the technology. Exactly. Oh, really? it, people do it, but it's not. Oh. But it's not popular. And one of the reasons why it's not popular is I'm because listening. I'm trying to make sure my podcast, my my iPad isn't making noise here. Is that it's, it's I, not. I don't want to just think about it. Do you want to put on a big, heavy headset no, I don't and stare? Want to. And like, so that's what you're suggesting, though, is if you have a 360 video, I would just be a viewer who could basically have my head embodied on the table, right? Or wherever you put it. It's it. I, it's Who's cool for about five seconds. Who is yeah, the baseball exactly, player? It's Ted less Williams. compelling. That would be like the Ted Williams thing. Right? Well, because his head is preserved. <laughs> His, wow. head, his head right now is scowling. <laughs> what I'm suggesting is you just want to approach it differently where you want to... We're actually to... above the Ted Williams Tunnel as we speak. Oh, we, yeah. He might be below us. <laughs> yeah. We literally are. are. Oh, well. Oh. <laughs> Keep going. You want to have... And this is my personal opinion. I'm sure there, there are some people... We who... want to go from one listener to two. And we're thinking if we go with virtual reality, that may do it. I can take you to ten. Ten? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Holy crap. smokes. Just uh, uh, two weeks ago, I did... A, I saw. I literally saw a comedy show in virtual reality. I put a headset on. Was it funnier on. than this podcast? Anything is. I mean, this has been delightful. Don't get me wrong, but yes. Yeah, uh, as delightful as, as oral surgery yeah. without anesthetic. <laughs> or or is divorce. Uh, there is jujitsu. That's it got me through. Um, Keep going. Um, so you, I was able to put on a headset. Be around thousands of people, and given you could have 10,000 people, you could have 30,000 people, though I only see eight of them or 10 of them, like I would in a small room. You can choose basically, you have servers, and each server has a max amount of people that can be in it. And then a, a, you can have a, an infinity amount of servers watching the same person on stage. And then that person can choose to look at one of those servers and interact. And so we had a stand up comedian, uh, uh, Steve Hofsetter, um, sit on stage tell jokes you know interact with the crowd people threw something at them you know like a you could you could get a there was a big beach ball going around and it's a giant and, and we also aren't in some boring club did you do the wave you can do the wave. We didn't do the wave. What some people did, though, is you're able to jump really high. And so when we were all done, everyone just, instead of clapping, we were all shooting ourselves 20 feet into the air. Uh, so, again, this is a world that most people don't understand or can really even put their head around. You know, but- it's, if you listen to somebody telling a joke or you're in a crowd listening to a joke, obviously there's more fun when there's a crowd. So it's a way to create a crowd you know while sitting alone in a room and and you meet people the same way i wait at a comedy show for the the guests to go up and you're getting drinks and you're meeting someone in line you're doing there at virtual reality i walk up to another avatar and i'm just like hey and they're like cool where are you from you know i'm from boston so, wait a minute, so you're that's a different perspective i, I so I is it real time it's in real time. Oh, we're all talking to each other in real time. And the reason I bring that up is because that's okay. how you would also do your podcast. Were, were you were you wearing clothes or were you a penguin? I oh actually I was a dragon. Uh, actually, um, if you go to my channel Jason Parks VR on YouTube, you actually can see snippets of of these uh, situations I find myself in in virtual reality. Is there are there VR events that one could create? That where you don't participate, but you simply create the content and allow people to explore. For example, oh, absolutely. Okay, so how would you? Sounds do that? a lot like what Rotu does with the Rotu games. Right, but could you do yeah, it exactly. in, in the real world and without programmers? Yes, yeah, that's absolutely. So you need your volumetric camera. Yeah, and and so then uh, I I keep trying to sell you on the other thing, but if you want to go go that I direction, I don't want to. We don't want to participate with the audience. We want them to be able to to enjoy the fullness of this podcast. So you, I, you I don't want them on, throwing things like they would be right now. <laughs> you want to be on YouTube VR, um, where someone with their mobile headset or even a Vive or an Oculus Rift could put on the headset and then literally be embodied in this room right. and see us talking and and, and all. Is the there any value to that? That. There's value to it. I just don't think it'll be around for very long. Uh-huh. And that's just a personal opinion. I might be completely wrong. Maybe it catches on. I just feel, and from personal experience, that I am not captivated enough. Same with the New York uh-huh. Times and all these. I, I'm, I would rather watch the video on my phone, to be completely honest. Ah, uh, that's really... Uh, so as a VR savant, he's basically point. saying what you're, what you're wanting to do is not pal- desirable to the mainstream vr no that's a great user. point which is that actually comes down to the, when you think about podcasts there's some value to the podcast simply being something you hear because if you're driving for example you right. don't need to see the video and the video doesn't add yeah much. exactly no no nobody's if you have watching a self-driving po- car podcast. you can certainly watch 
Oh, that's true. true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> if you come to my conference on March 25th at uh, MIT, oh, have, have, you seen, things. have you seen those double-engine new Teslas? Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm about to order one, so... Nice. Okay, I'm so like, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's okay, so my go back car. to Nick. Nick was being a sniffer dog, trying yes, to find a business. I'd love here. to get back to you. So go, go sniffer dog, find a business here. Well, no, I'm just curious about where it will go. I've 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 watched mm-hmm. VR with Jason, and I've watched it in different tours I've been on in different parts of the world where they 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 show you something and they give you goggles and you go wander around. But I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, how much of that can you do is my question. I agree. So what do you have? You know, where's the content going to come from that's going to demand that I see it or want to see it? And I'm probably not your average customer because I like to watch videos on my phone. No. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, though. I mean, I mean, virtual reality is still very small. It's not mass adopted by any means. Confuse me again with augmented reality and virtual reality. You've told me that before. By the way, quick quick little statistic about that. Virtual reality makes up 90% of the virtual and augmented reality uh, um, space. So virtual reality is by far the most dominant right now. Versus augmented. Exactly. Augmented reality is putting on a headset that allows you, let's think of it like a pair of glasses that you have on right now, but that glass, those glasses could create a little tiny elephant right here on the table. It looks like an elephant. You can't see through it. It, 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 in every aspect of an elephant, it looks like a mini I elephant. I see it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, that's the drinking from <laughs> yeah, last that's night. A, yeah, yeah. That's the LSD this from a couple years ago. It's actually a pink elephant. <laughs> and so that's what augmented reality is. And also even to a lesser extent, that would be Google Google Maps giving you a little green path on the walkway as you're walking here, and you're like, oh shoot, which which should I go left or right at this yeah, so, intersection? A, a lot of a lot of the early AR deployments mm-hmm. were on a smartphone, so you'd hold a smartphone up with the camera, and again, it would mm-hmm. give you directional stuff, turn left, turn right, uh, or the heads-up displays that you're seeing in some cars now that are that are being shipped. I will where, argue where mm-hmm. where, I will argue. Where, where, where where it's an overlay. On an existing. No, I think that's you know good use of augmented reality. And and so your 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 car says you are here now, and you go, where's that? (laughs) Where am I really going? Think about it. It's an overlay of some sort on an existing. I think like a good CEO or a politician, Jason has taken us down a road away from failure. We need to get back (laughs) to the failures. Okay. That got you here. Yes. So there are a series of pivots. Mm -hmm. Mark, dive in and panelize. Get us through some series of pivots. So we yeah, can it, well, bring I think, this to again, a close. The, the pivots were, to bring this to a close, um, Did we you know, anything? deciding what, what deciding that they were a business was pivot one. Mm-hmm. Or, maybe I can't care, number number them, but one of the pivots was, or one of the, the stepping stones was, they didn't know they were a business. Then they were a business that was a service bureau business. So With, uh, with seven hire, founders, co-founders. With seven founders. Then they started, and the number of founders started to you know get reduced. They, they took money from an outside uh, angel investor. That also sharpens your focus because you have a responsibility to the investor. To, or it adds mm-hmm. to further distraction. Well, or and, both. And, and this particular investor has been a, a true angel to them. Yeah, keep going. Because they, yes. you know, it, it, it didn't okay. really distract them from okay, their mission. Okay, so, so they're pivoting so they, along so, the way. So pivot, 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 pivot. Sort of so like Mark who's drunk and trying to find his car. Exactly. So finally, <laughs> they found again this vr path which they which, hope is which their, their board of which i'm a, a happy part of said oh this is a but how do we scalable know business how do we what, know that was the other thing is the being a service bureau you know Nick, a, the sniffer dog did not establish that no but the, the work for hire was not scalable was we, not investable we have an we have an albatross this, for him or whatever it's yeah called. yeah but this now is a, <laughs> a, a still, business that's still has, looking at the elephant that that can sell <laughs> software and that has a recurring revenue model as well. Are you convinced, Mick? You don't look convinced to me. Well, you have to tell them some things. Well, like, I can tell I, you. Yeah, I don't know because I don't know what I don't know. And I think this Ooh. has really opened up a broad line of questioning that that you know you do as but, an investor. Let, let me give some specifics then. For example, Disney cruise ships uh, could have... Norovirus. Uh, <laughs> outside of that, come, come uh, for the cruise. Stay for the norovirus. Let's, let's even say they they have headsets on their cruise ships, and they need content that's family friendly on those cruise ships, so that when you're on the cruise ship, one of the many activities you can choose is this virtual one, reality. You can watch this podcast. You, yeah, you can watch this podcast, or probably better, check out Rhythm of the Universe in VR. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, well, we had, we had a company that came in and presented to us. Mm-hmm. They did not get traction, but they had. We're taking a set of goggles over to the old folks' home, 
and we'll have a lecturer who that's Mark's house now, will by the way. <laughs> lead the group, and everybody, everybody sits together, and they sit in chairs, and then this show goes in there. Yeah. Each of the and they do calisthenics and stuff in their chairs. With their no, fingers. there, this, this <laughs> that was the that was the next step. But no, but like I said, they're saying they move their here to, you know this afternoon we have a tour of whatever, and everybody gets puts a headset on and they go to wherever, and so that that was, was an interesting what? idea. Yes. I don't think so. Was that us? What's that? No, no that no, was no. not you. No. no, but you guys did have something like that. Okay. Did Mick point out this was right next to the the shop where they sell the the, the pot? Oh, that oh, makes yeah. sense. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so this was virtual reality. Yeah, yeah. But you know, again, they were going to. They had you know go to go to uh, retirement homes. Yeah, and they was would, not you. Guys. Oh, yeah, Endeavor. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Maybe I shouldn't say right. that. No. How do they do, by the way? Oh, sorry. How, how do they do as a company? Uh, they're doing great. I've, really? I've, I've, I've spoken with the CEO. Yeah, I, 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 I know that company well, and I think that that is a great business model. If if they're right. listening, uh, you guys should definitely get into the HMD market. You know, providing uh, you know only three degrees of freedom isn't fantastic, especially for the elderly. They need ninety frames per second or higher. So get them into a Vive. Get them to an Oculus. It's a little heavier, but it won't make you seasick. Don't take that as a criticism. And if you have some more followers in we do could you please send this podcast out to them exactly love you guys <laughs> Keep going, well Nick. no i mean i think that's dog. that's the latest bright flashy thing and so there'll be something else next week that'll say okay now we want to do this which is some other thing which is maybe you guys doing something that's different and you already got your audience built in because they already bought the first one do you yeah we're just, we're just two com- you know what mick's getting at do you have content to distribute uh, to distribute, no, not at the moment. That's when are you going to have that? At the end of this year. And how much content Q4. is going to be? It's going to be an hour lo- an hour worth of content that's broken uh, into 10-minute ten, ten segments. What's it going to cost? We have here an hour's worth of content that has less than 10 minutes worth of value. <laughs> <laughs> less than a minute. How much is it going to cost? Um, a commercial license is going to cost $75 per headset per month. How about can I buy it for my house? Um, you will in 2020. At first, we are going to be uh, strictly uh, releasing to those location-based VR. How much at my house? Um, it can. That's to be seen. But uh, but prices range between 20 to 60 dollars. How unrealistic? With your unrealistic hockey stick, when are you going to hit some interesting revenue point, inflection point in your revenue or whatever? Oh, when uh, are you going to be making money? Oh, in 2020. I'd say early 20 in the second quarter of 2020. Let's say. When are you going to be acquired? Um. I have no idea. <laughs> the, the answer for, on behalf of the uh, entrepreneurs, they're just going to build a great business. And yeah, exactly. It, and, let, and let nature take its course. And Mick, Mick gets to bring us to a close today. Um, good night and good luck. That's what Edward R. Murrow used to say. <laughs> That's Thank before you. time and weather. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jason. I Thank didn't, get, I I didn't do time. the time and weather this time. That's right. <laughs>